square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Hello. Is this Fred Moran, the red no, bone man? He died. He died. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, About you an hour ago. About an hour ago. An hour ago. Yeah. Well, What's up, Steve? Oh, man, I just needed to catch up with you, Fred. It's been way too long since we talked. and I, Oh, I, hell, I've been down the dumps. Uh, I got one coon dog. Uh, I can't buy a dog nowhere. I, I used to brag. I got so many contacts. I said, I'll never be at a loss of dog. On a Sunday, my phone rings one call after another. Somebody tell me of a good dog to buy. Yeah. I ain't got a, oh, I got a few calls Sunday, but they're just to talk and tell me how they're doing and that. I finally had a call just an hour ago from somebody reliable that I've dealt with for 30, 40 years. He's 90 years old. If he told me he met the Pope in the woods, I would believe it. <laughs> and uh, so it looks like I'll be making a trip to see a red dog. All right. Well, you know, yeah, well, Fred, that, that's great. And, uh, you know, and I want to talk about that with you because I've always found that interesting about you is that, uh, you know, I know you love a good dog and you certainly know a good one when you see it. But you you don't get too attached to them, do you? If I somebody... never get attached to them. Yeah. I've had, now this is the truth. There's seven dogs buried in my yard, and I'm 86 years old. Uh, that was seven that I wouldn't sell, that I kept for myself, that I thought they were above average or way above average, or they never got the chance. It's a privilege to be buried here. I got you. Well, I should inform you that when I uh, called you and you picked up the phone, I pushed that red button. So you and I are recording what should be a masterpiece once we're through. (laughs) Have you got a little time to talk to me? I got all kind of time. That's all I got is time. Well, I, I don't know, know that how feeling. much. I don't know how much, but I got some time. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, let's let's. Are is the word out on this dog yet, or is it something you're keeping to yourself to no, you check him no, out? No, this one the guy told me about. He's only fourteen months old, yeah. and he says, "Fred, he looks real good to me." He says, "And the kid that owns him, he says, is coming back here." I think he said Thursday or Friday. And I'm going hunting with it again. And he says, uh, if it looks good, I'll call you the next morning. And, and I said, well, I'll leave within an hour after you call me if you tell me he's right. And I said, I don't, that's one good thing. I don't have nobody to answer to. I take off when I feel like it. Well, I got lucky. I got lucky. I tried a gang of dogs. It took a lot back. Some of them I felt. With some time and patience, they might make a decent dog, but they weren't what I was looking for. I want one of them right now dogs, not tomorrow dogs mm-hmm. uh, or another couple of months. I want one right now. And I got lucky on a little female. She's two years old. 
She's a size I like, got a good mouth. She is a tree dog. I'm tickled to death with her. Now, she she bought her some possums for me. And I thought I had her broke. But Saturday night, Patty and I went hunting. And I think we saw seven coon in the tree that I sent her up to. We got on some guy's property that he don't want nobody on it. And he gave us a bunch of static once before, and I didn't want to get caught. I started on legal property. I called the guy and told him I was coming. But I can't help where a coon runs. Well, we thought they were treed up on the hill. I said, we could drive up there. No sense walking. We drove up there, and they weren't treed. If they were, they moved. I said, oh, man, they're going the wrong way. So we had to try to head them off at the pass. <laughs> I got up there, they got treed, and treed like they should. And she got she brought one of her blue dog, and it's a good tree dog, and it's loud. And mine for a little dog is loud, yeah. and they're treeing good. I said, you go up there and get the dogs. I'm going to keep the truck going, because if that guy ever hears him, he'll be down here. And I kept going around, and I finally called her on the cell phone. I said, you get the dogs yet? She said, I'm just getting to them now. Wow. I said, I said, don't bother looking up the tree because she has a habit. She'll search a tree till tomorrow. She has to see that coon. I, not me. I'll find that coon in five minutes or I'm gone. And uh, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I said, don't even search a tree. Just put them both on a leash and come on down. And uh well, the dogs are still treeing. Finally, they shut up, so I knew she had a hold of them. I says, do you know where to come to? She says, I think so. Blow the horn one time. And I did. She finally heard it. So she said, I'm coming the right way. And she did. So I was thankful to have her along that night. She got them out there to the road. And that guy undoubtedly never heard the dogs. He probably had the TV on. And he was a good all oh, 400 yards away, but I, I figured you. up on the hill he might hear their voices carry. And, that. and then we went to another place after that. Uh, you're not allowed to hunt in there, but we saw about six or seven coon there. Saw one run a little bit of grass area, and then he went into a, I said, there's a hole in that tree. He ran right into that hole and went up in that den tree there, and uh, we didn't bother turning. So you subs yeah. you subscribe to the low light method of hunting, right? Keep your lights down when you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I belong to the no light club. No. Friends yeah, out you, there in podcast well, land, you might we, as well strike matches. The, myth. No, the, the place, <laughs> this one place that I hunt, naturally I can't divulge just because somebody out here, but they have they patrol it till eleven o'clock. Now you go in there after eleven o'clock, you don't have to worry. But I park usually at a friend's place that adjoins it. Mm -hmm. He don't care what I do. He's got eighty-seven acres there. And I could treat coon on his property, but I want to get into the good property where nobody could not. At one time, this place was open for hunting, and everybody was allowed on. They closed it for everything at the present time. 
about, oh, I'm guessing probably 20 years ago, they finally discovered they got an overabundance of deer. I went there the first day, didn't even take a gun. I just wanted to see how many people were hunting there. And I went and checked it. <laughs> you have to sign in and sign out. I seen people there clear from Wisconsin. How they found out about it being mm. open in Pennsylvania. They drove 600 miles down the hunt deer in Pennsylvania. And if you've seen, there was snow that day. And it was just like kids on school day pulling toboggans down off the hill. Everyone had a deer to take back to the car. They killed mm. over 400 and I believe 430 in deer in one day. That's a lot that of deer. That is incredible. They How put big a hurting it? on that place. But it came and then they start open a season about every, just for two or three days and about every other year. There's still abundance of deer in there. They'll never lose all them deer. But it, it is a sanctuary for deer. There's some good ones in there. Well, let me jump but, in uh, here just a minute. Uh, I always was amazed by the number, realizing that Pennsylvania does not have a season where you can hunt bear with dogs. You they can't, never do it. No, They'll never do right. it. You know, and if I, they did, if they did, they'd be. I told this to game wardens. I told it to people. It'd be bumper to bumper from West Virginia plates <laughs> all over all our back roads. Well, because uh, them guys love to hunt bear with dogs. Oh yeah, and well, you could. I treat three. I treat three bear in nineteen sixty six with the dogs. I treat a bear this year. Me and Patty were hunting together. We treat one Memorial Day. Uh, and I didn't go all the way down to the tree. I stayed up on the hill. She went down. She yeah. said it was a big one. And, well, here's uh, the thing I wanted to say real quick. Is it ahead. always amazed me, though, given that you didn't use dogs. That and that there was only basically a three day season or something like that, a real short kill season. Oh, we got a longer season now. Okay, but back in the day, they would kill a phenomenal number of bears just in that whatever that short oh, yeah, season that was. Short period of time, they killed two this year behind my. I live next door to my kid, they killed two behind his house this year. Now, we got bear, but I don't consider this bear country where I'm living mm -hmm. at. But they, they killed two behind my kid's house and one in the woods that I couldn't hunt yeah. two miles from here. Yeah. So that was three in this area that I'm aware of. Yeah, well, I, I was always amazed by the fact that they killed so many bear in uh, Pennsylvania. Of course, you know, back in the day, we were hunting them in West Virginia at a time when they weren't that plentiful. And right. we had to really work for them. So I, I said, how in the world do they do that? Are you allowed to bait for bear no. up there? No, uh -uh. no bait. No, uh -uh. no bait. Wow. Uh, just go out there, sit on a rock, and hope <laughs> one comes by. But, but we got a lot of bear. Yeah. I, uh, I seen a bear about two weeks ago going up a hill about two miles from there. He's going right across the field going up a hill. Uh, mm. I told my kid about it. He said, 
he's probably going up to that ball field up on top of the hill play with the kids. I said, yeah. But, Yogi, uh, huh? Yeah. But, so uh, you don't have much trouble with your dogs running bare? Well, no. You said you no, and Patty no, not did as a rule. Not a, that one we treat Memorial Day. What had happened, we were in the same woods the night before, and we run a track, and the dogs, I said, I don't know what that is, but that ain't no coon. I told Patty. She says, what do you think it is? I said, I don't know. Maybe a bear or a bobcat. And uh, anyhow, they treed. They finally got treed. When we got in there, I shouldn't say this. Everybody will say, you got them false trees. There was nothing in the tree. I says, well, how could a bear or anything fool dogs on a tree? So that she came the next day to hunt, and she said, where are you going? I said, we're going right back to the same place. I said, we're going to hit that track, and we're going to tree it this time and see something. I did. The track went almost the same way, only further. It went down over a steep hill. I said, I ain't going down that bottom of that hill. I know what one looks like. I, I, I was about 100 yards from her. I just didn't want to climb that hill back up there. I said, take a look, see what you see. And she says, there's one up there. She came back up. And so here's the best part. We went from there to another woods about five miles away. And they run another track uh, just like they are looking at it. I said, what the heck is it? Well, I went. They finally came back the way they went. Come right down the creek, crossed the road, and went into like a big rock ledge with a big hole in it. I looked mm -hmm. on the road, and there's mud tracks of a bear going across the road. So that was two we run in yeah. one night. And I don't consider my dogs bear dog the ones I had at that time. Uh, the buster dog, I sold him to Dan Gardner down Mississippi. He was always straight for me. I, I could count on him. I couldn't believe that he run on that bear, but he did. Mm -hmm. And they put that in a, that rock ledge. And far as I'm concerned, that bear's still living down there. Well, let me ask yeah. you something. Was that in June of the year? May, May. May. Well, I don't know at what time they start rutting up your way, but usually down in Virginia, Western Virginia, West Virginia, where I came from, the bears were rutting in June. They're out uh -huh. there, and when you see a bear in the area that you didn't usually see one that's why they it was those boar bears out there looking around and uh of course then their their uh cubs are born in january usually right so yeah well the, the, that's game, the game commission up here they'll put an announcement in the newspaper not all the time but most of the time people that are interested in studying bears and wanting to see them they'll invite them to go to a den and they'll pull the cubs, they'll tranquilize the mother, and they'll pull them cubs out and take movies. They'll let each person yeah. handle a cub and everything else, and then they'll put them back in there. They do that on yeah. three or four bear every, every year where they know mm -hmm. their den's at. Well, and it's, you know, people yeah. that want to see bears up close, sure. there's their chance. Yep. And they might have 50, 60 people go along on that. 
And uh, well, I didn't. I don't think he was taking that many uh, people with him at the time. But one of the foremost bear biologists in the country and most respected was a guy Gary named Alt. Gary Alt, absolutely from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, I saw. Uh, I've heard Gary speak, and I saw him uh, uh, in a film that he had. Of uh, he went to check a bear. Maybe we talked about this on a podcast before, Fred. But uh, like my dad said, uh, if I may have told this story, but I want to hear it again myself. <laughs> anyway, Gary had uh, a bear denning in this lady's yard, right in uh-huh. her front yard in a hollow tree. And he came up on the porch and she said, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I'm here to check on your bear. And she's like, what bear? I don't <laughs> bear. But yeah, that's, well, that's great. We, well, we had, uh, th- this year, um, uh, what the heck was I going to tell you about a bear story? Um, my kid, my daughter-in-law's got two pet goats. Okay. Well, the one took off and but it had Mike's my kid Mike's dog collar on with his name tag on. Okay. And it took off and it went about a mile and a half from here. And the mm-hmm. woman caught it on her porch and she called him and he went out there and got the bear and she You says, mean the goat, right? Or, yeah, I'm sorry, the goat. <laughs> okay. She says, uh, you better keep this goat tied because that uh, we got a bear in this area. And she says, and it's going to get this goat. And she showed Mike on the window where the bear puts his paws up against the window (laughs) there. And straight line, it ain't more than a mile. But ever since the goats have got older and they're pretty tame now, they they stay on the porch just like a dog and Mm. so forth. They they stay in the yard. But uh, A goat's an interesting animal, isn't it? I saw. I was in Tractor Supply one day, and a lady had two little kids. I mean, they weren't. They looked like pups. Looked like little yeah. terriers, you know. Oh man, were they cute, you know? But I couldn't imagine Scott, when they grow up. <laughs> God, Perky's mother's got over 140 of them. Oh my, that's something yeah. to see. And they got yeah. white deer out there and everything else. Oh yeah, and. Uh, That's pretty uh, amazing. Well, listen, yes. I want to go back to the story about you got me real interested in this little female you got now. That's good. Tell me more about her. Well, I I I bought a dog down in the area. It was in Tennessee. I bought a dog off a guy in Tennessee, and it was pretty much what he said it was. Uh, it, he told me he'll treat a lot of coon, but he's tight mouth. Well, mm-hmm. I keep hoping that he's going to open him a little bit more each day, but he didn't. And to me, when you got a tight mouth dog, the only thing I ever seen a tight mouth dog open better on is if you put him in water or you hunt him in real thick brush. Yeah. They'll start barking a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we got the thick brush, but we don't have the water. And he didn't open any better than what the man told me he did. And, but he was a tree dog. Well, I got lucky and I sold him. I said, is there anything else down there? And he suggested a guy uh, that uh, he knew real well. He says he fools with dogs all the time, just like you. He might have something over there. Well, I called the guy who you know, I'm sure, Johnny Kaufman. 
Oh, I've yeah. Known, I've known Johnny for over 50 years. I never bought nothing of him, off him. He sent a female up to breed to my hickory dog years ago, mm-hmm. and that was the only dealings we ever had. Well, Johnny told me he got a young female that's a heck of a tree dog, and it made your heart beat a little faster, so I bought her. And she surprised me. She was better than what he described her, at least in my opinion. Now, don't get me wrong. She ain't a... Uh, answer to everything, but she's shown a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. I've been hunting her. I don't have no other dogs, so she gets all the hunting there is. Uh, if I go hunting, it, it was with her, nothing else. And she is a tree dog. How she old is good, she now, Fred? Two. Okay. And she's Perfect. got a good good mouth on her. And uh, I've had four different people try and buy her, and I says, nope. I says, I sell her like I usually do. Then I'm out of dog, and I look too darn long. I ain't going to go through this again. I said, I'm not saying I won't get river somewhere down the way, but right now she's staying here. But she started treating a couple possums on me. I did all my tricks to try and stop her. Thought I had her stopped, and that night, Saturday night, Patty said there was a possum and a coon in the same tree. Well, I've done that with good coon dogs. Already had that happen. But I said, what did she treat, the possum or did she treat the coon? He says she was going crazy on that tree. She <laughs> said my dog was back from it a little bit. and uh, But the trees almost touched the way they were uh, there. So I didn't go up the tree. I didn't see it. But when I get one like that that's as good as she is, I'm determined that I'm going to work the heck out of her. I'm going to break her or something. I, I'm determined to do that. But she she is a nice dog. I got her to heal, follow me out of the woods. I don't need a leash. I come back from uh, hunting. I just open the gate on the kettle and she'll go right in. So she didn't do that before. So I'm spending some time with her and She's a project, but I'm going to solve this project. So, oh, you're and gonna you're gonna sell her then? Pardon me. You say you're gonna sell her? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. she ain't for sale. Oh. Uh, I uh, like I say, uh, the only way I'll sell her if I find a better one. But right now, she's the only thing I got, and I like her. She's quiet in the kennel and everything else but uh well, there's some, better ones there's better ones out there but i ain't found them before i ask, before i ask you about this one this prospect that you've got you said you're gonna go <clears throat> drive and take a yeah. look at it i have a question i want to ask you because i think you're the guy that probably will be as close to having maybe the answer at least uh, some perspective on it I get a lot of mail. I get a lot of messages. Usually they're sent on Messenger through Facebook on, on online. But uh, all kinds of different questions about training and all that. And I also get a lot of requests for dogs. Do you have any dogs for sale? Do you have pups for no, sale? No, I, I don't. I don't know of a good dog. I mean a really good, well, one. He may sell it, but I doubt it. I know right. of an English dog, a guy got it. Ain't it ain't bad? I got uh, you. Well, here's the question: 
This fellow was asking if I knew anybody that had a good pup trainer for sale. Now, before you answer this, I want to give you my view, my perspective on this. For those of you out there listening that don't know what a pup trainer is, well, I imagine it's self-explanatory, but that's usually an older dog that's past its prime maybe, uh, maybe it's already titled out in the hunts or whatever. And it used to be fairly easy to find these dogs and to start a pup with, you know, that mm-hmm. this dog would actually have you. It seems in my view, Fred, that there's a very uh, slim market out there anymore for dogs that you would call pup trainers. I believe people are keeping fewer dogs, and if it's a good dog, they keep him till it dies. What's your thoughts on that? There's definitely less good dogs out there than ever before, in my opinion. And when somebody gets a dog just because it got some age, don't mean he's going to get rid of it to somebody so they can train their pup. They figure, oh, Spot's been a good dog for seven years. Hell, I might as well just keep him till he dies. I and, I agree with you. I think that's the 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 prevalent uh, view anymore. Didn't always uh, wasn't always that way though. No, no. There's a lot of them. He he's no trouble. He don't don't carry on. He he don't crap everywhere and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, I'll just keep him. I've had him eight years. Might as well keep him another four or five. Yeah. Hey, I uh, not to change the no, subject. Go right it's still, it's still dogs. Your buddy sold a puppy for two grand when it was eight weeks old to a boy up there, and uh, you know who I'm talking about. And he came down and hunted with me twice. Uh, this boy's studying to be a state trooper. In fact, he's supposed to be graduating next month. And uh, I seen the dog two times go, and he looked pretty darn good. And he's had him in three hunts and won all three. Wow. <laughs> a dog is, I think he's right at a year old right now. Mm-hmm. He's He's been trained his own coon since he's four months old. Isn't that and amazing? Uh, he's a little bigger than I like, but that's the only hole I got in him. And he's a walker, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's that. <laughs> but he, yeah. he's a nice dog. He's going to go a long way with him. I don't know if, if he counted me in on this or not, but I said if you ever, for some reason, decide to get rid of him, you call Fred Moran first. <laughs> well, you heard it right here first on the Gone to the Dogs podcast, folks. Fred Moran has been uh, tempted to buy a walker dog. Did you oh, ever I, own a walker? Have you owned some I, over oh, the years? Yeah. I, I had one that if he – I prayed every day that something would happen, lightning would strike me and turn red. But uh, <laughs> I called him Tree Talking Tom, and he was good. He uh, was yeah. good. The a guy I sold him to resold him for $8,000, and that guy in turn called me up. He found out where it came from orig- originally. This was 20-some years ago. He won a lot of PKC hunts in that. He says, if you ever find another dog like Tom, 
be sure and call me. Well, I'm still looking. And uh, but he was a nice dog. He was he was a real nice dog. I had a I had a blue dog when I was growing up. It was darn good. Uh, people would probably call it English blue dog. He didn't he didn't have papers. I know where he came from. I traced it back to where he came from and everything. If they had night hunts, well, we did put them in night hunts at that time. Uh, the great hunts were, had four times more dogs than oh, registered. Yeah. And they were the limit. And at that time, I'm sure you're old enough to remember, they had NCA hunts. They were the big hunts, <laughs> National Coon Hunts. Yeah. Eddie Ross yeah. started them. Yeah. And that was all there was around here back in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. when hunts first started. Mm-hmm. He, he never got credit for it, but a guy by the name of Dick Crowell from Prospect, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. is the one that started night hunts in Pennsylvania. And he had elimination hunts here. And I he wrote me a letter, and he says he knew I hunted all the time. And that he said, why don't you come up? The first hunt I went to was in 1956. I just wanted to see what they were about. And I went out on a cast, and I know you remember this guy. You probably never met him, but you heard of Vinny Orlando. Oh, New yeah. Hayden, I New corresponded Hayden. with him a lot. used to write columns all yeah, the time. for Full Crime Magazine, usually. Yeah. Well, Vinny and I were friends clear back in the 50s. And he says, I'm coming down your place to hunt at Prospect, Pennsylvania. I hope to see you. So I went out on his cast with him and his buddies, and um, I forget who won the cast, to be truthful, whether it was Vinny or who. But we treated some coon and had a good time. And they had, I'm guessing at the time, they probably had around 40 dogs, which is a lot of, I, I do remember this. They only had nine dogs in a registered hunt. But they had about 40 in the grade hunt, which was a big thing. After night hunt started two or three months of hunting, everybody got a registered dog all of a sudden. There was papers all over. Oh, yeah. Dog. And they were all registered. They soon outnumbered the grade dogs. But uh, anyhow, we had this blue dog. And a buddy that hunted with me all the time, Eddie Vacacia, he he kept begging me and begging me for that blue dog, but I knew what he was and how good he was. And I thought, nah, I don't want to get rid of him. I don't have nothing else in his class. And I never, never forget. There was a guy, I, well, I know he's passed on by now. Uh, Ralph Lee from uh, Mansfield, Ohio had uh, blue ticks. But a little black and tan he called fly, he used to put in the night hunts all the time. And she won about everything she was put in. And we had a crowd of at least 30 people went along on a cast. They wanted to see that fly dog with the blue dog. We had five first strikes and five first trees on that fly dog. When we went to a night hunt after that, we'd have a crowd of 30 people every time go on our cast. <laughs> And that dog, I finally sold it to Eddie. He gave me too good a deal money-wise and gun-wise and everything. 
and the dog disappeared. Well, I know what happened to at least I think I do. I know who I felt got it, but he got rid of the dog so quick. And I, and I may be wrong, but I, I felt a guy in our area got the dog and the dog naturally be dead. Now I know the guy that I assumed took him. He's dead, but, uh, well, you know, communication of other colors and, and, uh, I had a, I was telling Patty about a couple of nights ago, Grayson Paul called me up one time, the blue tech guy. He said, Fred, do you have any use for a little wee collie type hound? He said, one come into the farm. I asked every farmer around here. Nobody knows whose dog it is. And it's treed all the time. Got a coon or a squirrel or something. I said, I'll come down Saturday night and go hunting with you. I come down, the dog, he didn't look like much. and Mostly like a collie dog, only smaller. And we took him hunting. He treated a coon or two. I trade Grayson an old car I had for the dog. The car had run. I was using him for hunting all the time, put the dog in the back seat. I traded that car for that dog. And that was a good dog. And at that time, I had the magic dog that I thought was pretty. Do- I thought he was king of the hill. But I, I wouldn't say he'd do it majority times because he wouldn't. But I seen that little collie get several trees on magic, and that disappointed me. I thought, I got to get rid of this dog. I don't want a customer coming here for a puppy and see that collie dog beat magic. So I put an ad in Mountain Music Magazine and a guy by the name of W.A. Wimpy from Gadsden, Alabama, bought him off of me. I never heard from him after. I hope he liked him, but hell, that's been 60 years ago, longer than that. <laughs> but he was he's just a mutt and but boy he sure could treat coon. Well, uh, I'm gonna jump in there and just throw my two cents worth on that of my experiences. There was a guy back home in West Virginia named Willard Meadows. He was a coal miner. Uh, uh-huh. His son uh, was a friend of mine, and uh, we would go groundhog shooting. Uh, woodchuck, you'd call him yeah. up there, I guess. And uh, but anyway, uh, Lawrence Meadows' uh, uh, wife would prepare raccoon for us, and uh-huh. that's the best I've ever tasted as far as raccoon. My grandmother she, used to make them. My yeah, grandmother, yeah, used, we had them for Thanksgiving one time. <laughs> well, anyway, Mrs. Meadows would make those, but that, but Willard, her husband. Had a little bird dog looking dog. Looked like an uh, an English uh, oh, oh, uh, English pointer. Uh, uh, setter. Setter is what I'm trying to say. It was long haired, like an English setter. Kind of blue belting or ticked up. Tree dog, coon dog. It was a silent trailer. I also knew Fred Bright. I don't know if you've ever met Fred or not. He was He's a black and tan man. Black and tan man. Uh, in Georgia now, originally, I think, from Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. And Fred had a little poodle, black and tan cross, a little female, that uh-huh. he was always telling me about, always telling me about what a coon dog she was. Well, when we started the Winter Classic down in Georgia, uh, Fred and I would go out to this one plantation and go hunting. And the first time we did that, uh, he brought that poodle. <laughs> she was amazing. 
she would go hunting like a hound, open on track, tree dog, accurate. So, you know, sometimes they don't have to be a purebred hound. No, to be they a, don't. A coon and, dog. and that little that little brown and white collie type dog, he opened on a track. He wasn't tight mouth. He uh I didn't see no holes in him except he wasn't a red dog. Yeah. And he was a he was a lot of fun. If I had it to do over again, I'd have kept him. I never got rid of him because he was just a lot of fun and it tree a lot of coons. Yeah, I guess it was just my dad. Every dog we had in our yard when I was a kid growing up and all the way through, ears broke over like a hound. You know, I never did have a pointy ear dog. This one uh, went halfway up and and drooped. Drooped over. Huh? Yeah. Well, I guess that would qualify. Okay. <laughs> well, awesome. So anyway, um, what what do they tell you about this new dog you're going to go look at? Well, the guy that described him, he's 90 years old. He he still goes hunting, but he sits in the truck most of the time. Well, heck, you're 85, and you go about every 86. night. So 86. 86 now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Anyhow. Uh, he sits in a truck, but I bought a lot of dogs off him, and he never told me wrong about one yet. A lot of them were better than he said they were. And uh, I'm just hoping yeah. he didn't make no mistake. He told right. me what he saw. He only hunted with it one time. He said, well, when he comes back, he's supposed to be back here Thursday or Friday. We're going hunting again. He says, I'm going to carry him completely by himself i think he had him with one other dog that night he said i'll find out if there's any holes in him and yeah. i said i know you will i says i'm hoping my phone rings so he <laughs> says well he says you know me i ain't gonna call you just to say hello yeah. so uh i'm waiting on him to call me well, and the guy that got him oh is a heck of a hunter and he he's had his share of good dogs and that's the only thing that bothered me. However, I said, "What's he don't? What is it that he don't like about the dog?" He said, "Freddie is a little tight mouth." He said that bothers him. I said that won't bother me unless he's silent. Yeah. yeah. I says, but uh, uh, hmm. I have a buddy here just bought a dog, and he had another dog. He had a little English dog. And he didn't open a bit. He'd, he'd go hunting. You'd find him treed all the time somewhere. He started hunting him with a female that's too mouthy. Now the dog's opening perfect. He's just opening perfect hunting with that female. And even when he don't take the female and hunts it by itself, it's opening now. When he first bought it, it didn't say a word except tree. I, I couldn't. That's the first one I ever seen do that. Uh, well, I had he, the experience with a young plot dog. I called him Hoss. I hauled him around all over the country. He died at just shy of 12 years. But he was almost, well, he was stone silent except on the tree for uh, until he was nearly two years old. And I was getting real upset with him. And then one night we shot a coon out out in Arkansas, and it hit the ground and jumped up and took off. And he was tied at the tree. And, man, and that fired him breath. up, and he opened every breath on that coon. And from that day on, he was an open mouth dog. There you go. It's crazy how that. Hey, there's but, some 
have some funny stories you can tell about different dogs and people say, I know that dog. He never opened. Then they see him a month later. They can't believe it's the same yeah. dog. Uh, does that lend some credence? Maybe that old saying, you know, guys say, I never saw him do that before. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's the most famous line in coon dogs. <laughs> that's right. And well, that's, that's the most famous line absolutely. there is in coon dogs. First time I ever seen him do that before. <laughs> well, listen, we got June coming up. Isn't that when American Redbone Days is held? Yeah, I'm going to go to one awesome. of them. I don't awesome. know which one, uh, national or American. American would be a little closer, I think, but it don't matter on me. Uh, I just jump in the truck and point it. I got a young kid that's got a English dog that's pretty good, and he thinks uh, he put him in one hunt, and he did win it. So now he thinks he's going to win the world hunt, and he wants to go to every hunt there is. <laughs> well, you got to have confidence in your dog. Yeah, you know? well, he's got the confidence, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, where is American Days this year? American is at Cal um, City, Indiana. Oh, okay. Been and there the many times. the other one times. is in uh, um, oh, the Walker Man's Backyard, Peru, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Down there, Rust Belt country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all good coon country, so. Uh, well, yeah. I want to hunt in Russ's deer pen. They tell me uh, it's yeah. full of coon. And he, he owes me one anyhow, so. Okay. He's hunted with, he hunted with me in a, a PKC hunt years ago, and he'll tell you the truth. He, uh, he liked the gold dog I had. Okay. And, uh, well, he had a little female, red bone yeah, female. He, he was. He still got. There. I understand from other people that he still got a couple red dogs. Yeah, he had that one. I think he called her Get Ahead Red. She's a little, yeah, that's little. when he got killed. I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, yeah. But he's got. Somebody told me he got two or three right now. Curtis Shelburne came yeah. down here two years in a row to catch snakes. He's <laughs> yeah. getting a snake hickey. Yeah. And I says, I don't fool with them. When I see him, I shoot him. But I hooked him up with a kid that catches a lot of them. Uh, he just likes to catch yeah. them. He, in fact, a week before Curtis come, I think he told me he got 53 of one afternoon. Oh and he catches nothing but copperheads and rattlesnakes. Hmm. And we don't have that many, but you got to know where to look. Yeah. But this yeah. kid. That's all he does. He loves catching them. Well, and Curtis took, has gone took, through some transitions. He's got a beard like Phil Robinson. He looks know, like a Duck Dynasty. Uh, he had it uh, when he came here. <laughs> and, and, well, he took Curtis out. And we got up here nowadays, you got to buy a permit to hunt snakes. And you're only allowed to kill mm. one a season. To me, that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> He didn't get a rattlesnake big enough, but he got a copperhead that was big enough, and he took that home. Uh, at least that's what the kid told me. I just introduced him, and I left, and they went on their way snake hunting. There's an but, old boy down in West Virginia. He said, them snakes won't hurt you, but they sure might make you hurt yourself. <laughs> well, I never forgot the first time I went to Romney, West Virginia. I've seen three or four dead copperheads on the road on the way to the mm-hmm. hunt. And then when I got drawn out in the cast, 
and we're climbing this hill, and all I'm doing is looking every two seconds <laughs> where I put my hand to see if there's a copperhead there. I think uh, Romney is that in Hampshire County, I believe. It's in the eastern it, eastern it, part north, of the northeastern. North yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I've seen quite a few there. I got a good friend that lives in. Uh, Petersburg, West yep. Virginia, mm-hmm. Johnny Kuntz. He's an old bear hunter. Well, he quit now, finally. He's back into horses. He went, Then he went to coon hunting. He had his share of good coon dogs. Then he went to squirrel dogs. Now he's into horses. I don't know what's going to be next. But he <laughs> told me of some of the rattlesnakes that he oh, killed. Yeah. Right on the road, you know, with the car. He says they got a lot of them. Well, in that. The, the, that high country and all, they get the timber rattlers, you know. Yeah. And then you find the copperheads more around the far, old farms and homesteads right. and places like that. Down here, it's a darn cottonmouths, you know, anywhere. And it's been terribly dry here in Florida. And I haven't been hunting. Uh, don't have a dog down here right now. My dogs are up in... Virginia and North Carolina. Well, your feed bill's not much. Huh? Well, those guys expect me to share with them. Oh. <laughs> They've gotten smart on me. But Kerry uh, Rooks told yeah. me a, couple, a good Georgia. two months ago yeah. yet uh, that his kid was out squirrel hunting a good warm day, and he killed a rattlesnake almost six foot long. He said it oh was my. a big one. Mm-hmm. They've they got those big w- ones in Georgia. They really uh, do. Yeah. They yeah. get that warm weather. They come mm-hmm. out to sun themselves. Uh, I don't, I, the old no shoulders and I don't get along. I just, I'll leave him alone if he'll leave me alone. We'll just go <laughs> different directions. Kerry uh, also told me one time he's got a lot out no woods where he keeps some of his dogs he owns the property now he said he went to feed the dogs one morning he says and he had a good little plot dog i think it was a night champion dog and he said the pot was laying dead there and there was mm. a wa- water moccasin next to it dead when the dog killed the snake and the snake killed the dog mm. got bit probably in the in the neck or something, all heated yeah, up. And yeah. All. yeah. Well, those creepy crawly things, unfortunately, Florida's full of them, uh, different kinds, you know, yeah. alligators. And now they got these darn pythons, you know, those Burmese pythons. Yeah, I read huge. about them having a, where they catch them and all that. Yeah. Well, fortunately, well. they never survive up here. But, uh, <laughs> well,. You say you're thinking about going to Redbone Days. I'm thinking about it. I don't know which one I'll go to, but I'm yeah. seriously giving it some thought. Uh, like I say, I only got to one dog right now, but I feel she's as good as anything else I've run and lately. Uh, that I have as good a chance as somebody sure. else. Absolutely. Uh, you know as well as I do, you can have the greatest dog in the world. There's still some luck. In You're going to have some breaks. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what about Autumn Oaks this year? I'll go there too probably this yeah. year. I missed it last year, but I, I feel uh-huh. I'll go there. Well, I'm uh, hoping that UKC has the media area that they set up for us last year for our podcast. 
uh-huh. and uh, it was great. It was there in their headquarters area, and and had you know tables and stuff there, and we had our own area that we could uh, could kind of you know uh, corral them. people and bring them in and sit down and yeah. record with them and all. It was it well, was a helps. lot of fun. That helps. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, tell me. Sometime ab- when you got a bad day, you play it back and <laughs> laugh and say, well, I was dumb enough to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do that all the time when, <laughs> when I play these things back, for sure. Well, listen, tell me about a hunt you and Patty have had lately, or maybe something. Well, the last good. one was just Saturday night, and <laughs> uh, I mainly went out to this woods. Uh, I called the farmer and told him I was coming, and he says, help yourself. And uh, I wanted to see a place about two miles from there, or uh, maybe a little further for. I heard it was for sale. And I says, the way the kid's describing to me, that's a place I used to hunt all the time. The guy died about five years ago, but I know his daughter still owns the property. And I hunt across the road, and I used to hunt with her, uh, the one son. He don't hunt anymore. He's a cop in Washington, Pennsylvania. And so we went hunting there, and then uh, we went down to uh, the place to see if that property was for sale. There was no signs on none of the poles or trees or anything, but yet this boy that told me about it he got it off the internet that it was for sale i called him the next day i says that can't be the farm you're talking about i said and i even went up around the bend because that's still considered sugar run road and i didn't see nothing for sale up there unless it sold already and they took the sign down so i said uh, you have to take i'll tell you how to get there but you go there in the daytime you have a better idea if any of it is for sale. But uh, but we hunted this uh, place where I told you you're not allowed to hunt, and there's coon, there's coon galore there. Uh, I already, just by riding the road and using a spotlight, I've seen 28 coon there one night. Uh, you know, you go man, one place, oh see two or hmm. three go a little further. It's a place to start puppies. If they don't start there, they'll never start. So, mm-hmm. but we didn't stay long and we came home early, but uh, she hasn't been hunting lately and uh, I called her to go and in fact, I called her tonight. I said, you going to go? She says, I don't know. I don't feel like it. So, whether she goes or not, I don't know. Yeah. I got some paperwork to do, but as soon as I get done with it, I'll, I'll go out probably at least three, one coon right near home here. Hopefully. Well, well, how's your weather been up there this spring? Good, real good. Mm-hmm. It's been chilly today. It's been chilly this morning, but it ain't too bad now. Mm-hmm. But we've had good weather. We had a lot of rain at different yeah. times, but. I don't care. Well, we could use your rain. It did rain here last night. Overnight, I was surprised that uh, I'd left uh, some trash containers out, and they had, uh, oh, looked like a couple inches of rain in the bottom. So that's encouraging because it's been terribly, terribly dry down here. But uh, I I had a big coon uh, yesterday. My my, uh, daughter-in-law, 
She's got chickens too, only six or seven. She went to feed the chickens in the morning before she went to work. And there was a big coon there eating the, some of the chicken feed that was spilled over. And she yeah. told me about it. I set a trap and I, I caught the thing. And he was a good 18-pound coon. So I took the coon out to a friend's farm and uh, took the dog and turned it loose. And for some reason, I, I have an idea why. I had my back turned, and I let the coon out. The coon got out and took off right away, and he went through a jungle. I mean, all uh, <laughs> logs laying everywhere. I took her over there and turned her loose, and that dog didn't run out. That bothered me. Uh, she just had, but I think what it is, I turned some possums loose out of that cage and shocked her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I really think she thought I, she was going to get shot. I'll bet you she did. I'll and bet you. she wouldn't run. I coaxed her and everything. She went back to the truck, jumped in the dog bone. <laughs> so, but I hunted her that night, and she did good. Sure. You know. They uh, don't well, forget things like that. No, Fred. they don't. They're intelligent no, they animals. Don't. Well, you and, know, uh, I've got this. Well, I say I have a partner on this young plot dog. He's just now 18 months old. He's had, you know, he made night champion. He made water race champion. He made show champion. Yeah, I was reading that. He got his HTX for three passes, you know, hunting by himself yeah. and all that. Uh, my buddy Mark said, uh, well, I think it was last night, he turned him loose. And, of course, Mark's in the mountains there in North Carolina. He said he turned that dog loose, and he showed me his track on the Garmin screen. The dog mm-hmm. had covered over two miles around, up around this top of this mountain and back down and all, and didn't get after a thing. Then he said this morning on his way to work, just after 5 o'clock, he saw two coons cross the road. <laughs> so, you know, I guess for our listeners out there that may wonder, you know, you, when you go out and you have a bad night and you don't tree a coon, it's not always about your dogs. No, it's about, that's for sure. Isn't that right? I, I do a lot. Of, I haven't done it this year at all, but I do a lot of daylight hunting. People don't believe in that, but I do. I'll go... Right soon as I don't have to use the light anymore. That way I don't have to pack it. Just right. as it's breaking day. And I've treated coon up till 9.30 in the morning a lot mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. And I've treated as high as 4 in the morning. Just depends where you go. But always go where there's water. If you go where there's water, yeah. you're usually tree a coon. And I'll never forget this. I told the story a hundred times. I was in the woods one day, and I started before daylight, but I didn't take the light. I figured I know this woods, like in the back of my hand, I could get through it, no problem at all. Well, the dog's gone. The dog's at least 250 yards straight out ahead of me. And I hear something between the dog and me coming toward me, and it's hopping. And to me, I thought, that's a fox. He he's just hopping every once in a while, but I waited till he got close. I did have a light on me. That's right. I forgot about that. I did wait till he got close, and when he got oh maybe thirty yards, I shined a light on him, and you'll never guess what it was. I thought sure it was a fox, 
but it wasn't. It was a big fox squirrel, and he was hopping, and that's what I heard. And he went down a he went of all places to go to get away. He went down a groundhog hole, and I couldn't wow. believe. I thought, I wonder if you'd live there, but uh, I'd never heard of one ever living in a groundhog hole. But that's where he went. Well, so, you know, when I was a kid, I was raised by a Tennessee farm boy. You know, grew up in the woods. My dad and his brothers they hunted. They hunted where'd everything. Where'd you live in Tennessee? Pardon me. Where'd you live at? In Actually, Tennessee? my dad. My dad was raised. I was uh, what raised. Town? Dixon, just west of Nashville. Right where it's at. I know where it's at. Yeah, it's in. Well, they were out in right the county. Below, I'm from. Well, wait. There's two Dixons. One's below Kentucky line. The other one's down near uh, Smith County, Carthage, Tennessee. Ain't it? Uh, this is Dixon County. It's just about thirty miles west of Nashville, right on Interstate Forty, going toward Jackson or toward Memphis. But okay. anyway, Dad was raised on a farm. They hunted everything, you know, with cur dogs. Uh, and when I was just a kid and started squirrel hunting, my dad taught me how, you know, if you shoot a squirrel and it gets in a hollow limb on you or something, you know, a lot of times you'd hit a squirrel, maybe didn't kill it, and it would get in into a place or a rabbit in a hole. He taught taught me how to twist them out. Did, twist them did out you ever do that? Wire or a twig. Well, actually, just or like a a briar or or a twig, yeah. and you can stick it. And I don't know. It's probably not uh, legal to molest game in their dens, and uh, we didn't do that as a practice of just trying to catch something that wasn't injured. But if if we had crippled it that was the deal you know you shoot to kill right. you try to humanely kill everything but and and don't leave it crippled if you can help it and uh and so he taught me you know how to stick that uh, stick up in there and and just twist it and it'll curl up in that fur mm -hmm. and you can pull them pull them out of there you know so but i never ran one in a groundhog hole that i know of well i thought that was really odd i i did i often wondered did you live there or did you just happen to go there because i shined a light on you? yeah yeah so well I those really fox squirrels up in your country can get pretty we, good size can't they yeah we got big fox squirrels yeah. uh, and there's there's a lot of and we got the black squirrels, too, mm -hmm. quite a few in my area. I have guys from other parts of Pennsylvania come here every year wanting to get a black squirrel because they don't have none in their area. But we got a good bit, especially where I used to live at, hillsides full of them. Well, and, in the uh, deep south and on the swamps and stuff and all, they have, uh, I guess, in the little hardwood ridges and all, they have uh, these fox squirrels that are huge. They're like a cat, and they got they might have a white nose. They yeah. can be multicolored. I've come, seen them. Yeah, the first one of those I saw, I said, "Man, that looks like a cat. I'm not going to eat that thing." That's, uh, but uh, yeah, Ohio got a lot of black squirrels. That's mm -hmm. not uncommon in Ohio. Yeah. They Michigan got, too, Southern uh, Michigan. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, Fred, it's been uh, almost an hour that we've been gabbing here today. And, well, you uh, ought to have enough stuff for oh, man. It's, it's, to entertain some it, poor old soul. It's, 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 <laughs> it's all golden. It's all great. I got uh, something here before. Like, like Joe Bloodworth used to say. Another poor soul made, made happy. Made happy, that's right. <laughs> well, I want to, while I got you on the line here, before we close this thing out, I want to tell the the listeners out there about a giveaway that I have going now. Uh, my good friend, Big Mark Zepp, and you know him well, Fred. No, I he's don't a, know that guy. He's I, a don't red connect us. man. Don't connect us at all. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, you talk about extremes to take a picture of you and Big, and Big Mark together now. He, he Mike's probably got some <laughs> pictures because he's been here four or five times, and he took pictures of us together and that. we were. Yeah. I had him down that place at Jane Lotta Goat, uh, uh-huh. and it was wintertime. <laughs> uh, there was probably six inches of snow, but we made, I think, three den trees. Never saw a coon on the outside. Mm. And uh, he came here. Well, he's been here at least four right. or five times. Right. He's a good guy. He, oh, yeah. He tells it like it is. They don't come better. Well, I want to tell my listeners here a little bit about this contest that I got going on. We're having a weekly Zep Lifetime Squalor giveaway. Uh, Mark's <laughs> Lifetime Squalor is that metal one with the... Uh, uh, paracord uh, lanyard. Well, hey, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but you got to hear this. All right, I got one sent to me through the mail, and it says to Fred Moran, the Redbone Man, and it has a number five on it. I called him up. I said, I thought we were better buddies than that. How am I number five? That's <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> Oh, well, well, Mark, uh, he, he's been a good friend of mine ever since I met him out in Sedalia, Missouri, back in the eighties, the weekend Uh that he came out to, to interview with John Wick to go, uh, to work for Wick Outdoors. Uh And, but at any rate, uh, to the listeners out there, I'm running a contest every week on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, if, uh, you can, answer the question of the week uh i will uh put your name on this uh wheel of names which is a random uh spinning wheel and if your name's selected you will get the uh lifetime this is almost like price is right this is the price is right that's right (laughs) come on down so now let me read this to them fred just for a minute all listeners that correctly answer the question of the week will be eligible for the drawing each friday names will be placed on the wheel of names app and be publicly drawn on a facebook live post all correct answers received before the drawing time on friday evening will be accepted the weekly prize is a Zepp's Lifetime Coon Squalor, a $30 retail value. All of this is posted on Facebook on my page, uh, friends. If you want to check this out, it's uh, something to do on those uh, quiet nights when you can't go hunting. Look I'll in tell, there. I'll tell Patty. Sure. And I'll tell you what. No, no, I'm not taking nothing away from Mark because they work, and that's the kind I use. However... Patty brought along one night a little squirrel call. 
Uh oh. She's called more, made more coon look with that little squirrel call than anything I ever saw. You heard it first. It don't right? sound nothing like a coon squalling or anything else, but for some reason they look. They must come out to say, what we're, the heck was we're that? We're thinking right? about manufacturing and putting Mark out of business. There we go. All right, folks. Well, I've been spending an hour here, as have you, with the incomparable Fred Moran, the Redbone Man, 86 years old, still hunting every night that he can with his red dogs. Fred, it's great to have you on. We'll call you again here before long. I appreciate it. And we'll catch up. You bet, buddy. You take care. All right, Fred. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Folks, it's always a joy to talk to Fred Moran. He is, uh, as you can tell, never at a lack of words. Amazing recall. Think about it, friends. 85, 86 years old and still hunting, still actively enjoying his dogs, going around the country, picking up a dog that he's interested in. Uh, You know, just living the dream, man. I just hope that I can live that long and enjoy the sport as long as he has. Uh, Once again, look on my Facebook page, Stephen F. Fielder, for the details of the weekly uh, ZEP Lifetime Squalor Giveaway. What we're going to do is uh, give away one squalor each week, and then at the end of the month, we'll put the winner's names into the uh, spinning wheel and uh, we'll pick uh, a grand prize winner for that month. Well, this whole voice is just about given out for this episode. This is uh, the old coon hunter, Steve Fielder. Uh, Mighty glad to have shared this hour or so with you again. If anyone should ask you, where is Steve Fielder? Tell him he's out there practicing with that Zep coon squalor. He's gone to the dogs. (laughs) 